Sup, fuckers? Yeah, man. Let's start it like that. Let's start an intro. She tolerates me, but I know she hates me because every day I get the coldest shoulders thrown my way. But she can't see me. She looks right through me. Nothing that I say can find a place inside her heart. Her mind is made up. Oh, and that's all she wrote. But now I can't stop writing. Because she's always on my mind. And I can't make it make any sense on paper. So I'll be up all night. Searching for the perfect Everybody, we're Ten Sheets. I'm Ross. This is Greg. Today we got a special treat for everyone. The master. Baton uh, Rouge bombshell, Mr. T. Mason. Skins. Uh, T. Mason and the Bricklayers. Tiny. Justin Bailey. Yep, some may know him as Tiny. Uh, he's kind enough to come by on a Sunday. Sorry for the background noise. We have to close the door, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, c- come over on a Sunday and do a little show with us. Um, we haven't talked to him as of yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Yeah, he's going to bring his, uh, his small and stature self into this small <laughs> recording studio. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk about what he's got going on in the future with the Bricklayers and hopefully some Justin Bailey news and all the other things he's got going. And He's got a lot. I'm thinking <laughs> this show is going to be... This may be a two-parter. A lot. <laughs> so looking forward to it. But yeah, we'll learn all about his upbringing and everything else like that. And uh, shit, y'all stick around for shows in the future and enjoy this. And let's go talk to your boy. Yeah. Because it is the vocal, right? But and with reverb, it's kind of got like a softer, more ambient more quality. It, yeah. So it kind of gives you that oh, that <laughs> backup sound that you're trying to do. Yeah, and it perfectly harmonizes with it because it is it, and the delay, kind of. I guess like the way sound propagates in reality. First you make it, and then it, you know, delays. Very true. So you have a delay, then a reverb. You got to pre-delay your reverbs. That's what I found out. Use a Studio One. <laughs> well, hey, we're here with Travis Mason. <laughs> Shout out Personas. Yeah. Shout out Personas. Thanks for coming by, Mr. Travis. Thanks for having me, Travis. <laughs> the Baton Rouge legend. Oh, boy. We got him. Old there. friends. We kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you coming, sir. We're going to learn all about you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know you got a lot of shit going on. So much shit. Yeah. You really do. I got two jobs and four bands. Yeah. 
Dude's playing off like it's no big deal. And a full-time a dog. That's right. a lot yeah. to juggle. Oh, boy. That's that, your companion, bro. Oh, that dude's a full-time job right there. That's a lot. You're juggling a lot. He's got needs. They all He's do. got wants. He's got dreams. He's got <laughs> aspirations. He's got a purpose. He's got to be Air Bud one day. That's why I noticed. It's like, I was kind of thinking about that this morning. It's like, you know, I kind of feel like my purpose is to, like, play music and do that. But, you know, a lot of times a lot of things kind of hold you back from that. That's kind of like the dog. His, he's, like, bred to, like, chase squirrels and, you know, <laughs> small game. There is no life. There is <laughs> only he ball. Get, he rarely <laughs> ever gets to do anything like that. Yeah. He's on a leash all the time. He's stuck in the house. Right. So he's, like, being chained up, kept from his true purpose. Dude, the man's keeping him down, bro. He's got mm. a purpose. <laughs> he is Brick Mason. Yeah. Yeah, you want sh- shout out to the dog. Shout out to He'll Brick James. Brick James Mason. Brick, Brick James. James. Mason, yeah. There's a lot in that. There's, lo- there's, there's a, a lot in that. that Cuz uh, my brother's name is BJ. Okay. Oh, Bobby John Mason. So Brick James Mason, he's BJ Mason. My oldest brother's middle name is James. So it's kind of all that but then, and then of course Brick James, bitch. <laughs> Dude, so so when you were forced to name your dog, you had you had some time. He oh, went into boy. outer space to get this fucking name. Right? Oh, boy. I remember when I first got him. Let me get my construction paper night. out. See, at first I was going to outer space. I was trying to <laughs> right. name him after some right. kind of, like, moon of Jupiter, Titan, or yeah. Titus, or something like that. <laughs> and uh, But then I was, like, driving around with him, and I was like, well, maybe there's something in, like, one of the songs or the band or something that I could pull from. Because I was like, oh, Brick. Yeah, bricklayers, brick, brick mason. Oh wow, isn't that incredible? And uh, that was him, brick, because nice. he's a solid little dude. Shout out, doggy. Where's he at right now? You should have brought him. Oh, he's at the house chilling. He could have. Yeah, he was locked up right all now. yesterday because I had to work all day. And then you played the show. And then played the show. Well, actually, no. Yesterday was cool. It was Saturday, so I got to kind of chill with him all day. Cool. But there are a lot of times where he's just locked up all day long. They they say that you need two. If that's going to be the case, right? Two dogs. Yeah, well, he's got a kid. He's got a kitty companion. Oh, Apollo. There you go. Went to outer <laughs> space yeah. for that one. He's a yeah. He's a space <laughs> cadet. It's nice. true. And uh, everybody loves Apollo. He's the best. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Where'd you grow up, Travis? So, yeah. <laughs> where? Uh, no, no. Where'd you grow up, man? In Zachary. There it is. Z Town. ZHS class of '99. Oh, well. Shout it out. Probably went to school with people I know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Anyway. Definitely small town. Yeah, for sure. And there wasn't much going on out there. So we just couldn't wait to get out to Baton Rouge and do what was happening out there. Who who is we? Uh, I had a few friends. Yeah. Uh, My friend Neil that lived across the street from me who I started playing music with. We kind of dove into it together in middle school. Kind of crazy. You so you were playing drums in middle school. I was playing drums before there were drums. <laughs> yeah, you're a pots and pans there kid. Was, there were paint cans. Yeah, and before there was drumsticks, I had uh, you know, the tent stakes that you. Oh yeah, three of them. Yeah, hold. dude. So I had two of those, two metal <laughs> tent stakes. I had a paint can, and this was in the garage with the weight bench. 
So I had the weight bench. <laughs> I had like the little metal sides that hold the bar. Yeah, so yeah. I'm ding, 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 ding <laughs> on that as my ride symbol. Were these like 12 inch cans, bro? This is great. This is a straight up paint 16 can. 16 inch cans. No. <laughs> Gallons. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, Half gallon. Gallon can. This, this went out of plastic top. Nice. Yeah. So it was giving me a <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and my man Neil had a bongo head. Just the head of a bongo. And he brought mm -hmm. that over. We put a towel underneath it, set it on the thing. So that was kind of like my snare. This dude here, bro. And he had the two-string bass. He would bring over <laughs> old Neil Burton of the Burton lineage. <laughs> His brother was what? In Encompassing Stalemate. and um, Oh, wow. Bunch of bands. Michael was in. What was that really cool band that played at uh, Violet Street? I'm trying to fucking remember. Yeah, you're about to 22 Days or something like that? You're about to With Jesse K. Yeah, Michael Burton. Shout out. And he, played, he, was, he was the one that was playing with Joey Carbo back in the day. Okay. They were always in bands together. And who's the other guy? Stalemate. Jesse. Jesse Keys was a. I think that was Do a. Do we new know one. him as Park Rock Jess? No. Jesse Keys, I think, was in Man Plus Building. Okay. With Josh Nee, I think. This isn't the cat I that moved remember. to Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Oh, no, that's Jess Kirkland. Kirkland. Punk rock Jess, or as we called him in high school, crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> that boy was crazy. Yes. He was insane. Yeah, dude. Jess and, you know. <laughs> that's so what, you started playing music as a youngster in middle school, like what? Middle school. 12, 13, 14. Did you play in band? Oh, no. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it. Because I didn't decide I wanted to play drums till seventh grade. Okay. But to you, get into you'd miss the boat. Yeah. You missed the boat. Sixth if you did yeah, if you didn't join beginners band in sixth grade, you couldn't get into intermediate band in seventh grade. And if you didn't have intermediate band in seventh grade, you couldn't get into advanced band in eighth grade. <laughs> and then you couldn't get into band in ninth grade in high school. Right. That's true. But they did offer a beginning band in ninth grade. So I was like dying to get in band. And I finally get in this beginning band in ninth grade. It's like they created that for me. They never did that before, but when I got to ninth grade, <laughs> they came up with that. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so I signed up for it. And the first day, I was like, I want to play drums. So he was going around asking whatever sure. I wanted to play. I was like, I want to play drums. And he's like, oh, we got too many drummers now. You're a trombonist. Look at those exactly. arms. Exactly. He said, <laughs> uh, look at them arms. Actually, no, he said, let me see your teeth. <laughs> You're gonna play tenor sex. Ah. I was like, oh, I don't want to play tenor sex. I wish I would have learned play tenor nice sex. Right now, right? That'd be so tight, bro. Do you? Oh boy, I love saxophone. <laughs> Sexy, right? Sexy sax, <laughs> or as I used to say, the the Christmas instrument. So, so what happened, man? Like, <laughs> you throw a saxophone in any song, and it instantly turns into a Christmas song. Absolutely. So this director, is that Bruce? Bruce got some Christmas songs. Billy Joel has a few Christmas songs. It's true. It's true. It's all true. Hall and Oates goes Christmas. Oh, so, uh, dude crushes your dreams. He's like, no, you can't play drums. You're going to play tenor. It was actually the best thing because, uh, A, I didn't want to march. I never wanted to fucking march. Who does? Yeah. I, I wasn't into that whole part of it. Yeah, I just wanted to learn how to do it. Chest. But it kind of solidified the fact that, oh, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do this shit. Because I was already teaching myself out of that because I started – like wanting to do it in I like seventh kids. grade because yeah. you know everything takes forever when you're a kid so it's like when you first started to want to play like in seventh grade seemed like it was forever before i finally got the drum set in like eighth or ninth grade yeah what was your first kit oh boy man this drum set was in a magazine well, it was like a service merchandise magazine <laughs> that used nice. to come around service merchandise. And so it was like they just had a whole bunch of shit but they also had this drum set 
And the one I wanted was a full five-piece kit, you know, and you could get the cymbals for an extra 59 Yeah, I've, I'll <laughs> never forget the drums. That was $314, five-piece, and you can get the cymbals for another $59. The cymbals was hi-hat and a crash. And uh, but I wanted it so bad, but they would never get it. They weren't going to spend that much on anything, especially the devil's drums. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. Oh, dad, boy. But took forever. But then in that same catalog, because this used to come out like quarterly or whatever, a little ways down the road, they put a junior drum set in there, like one of the small ones. Yeah. And that was $80. Oh, shit. It was actually kind of crazy because I'd almost given up on ever getting a drum set. And, you know, I had Neil coming over, and we're playing. I'm playing on the paint cans. We got right. this band going on. <laughs> and then uh, it's like, dude, I'm never going to get a drum set. And I remember I, we would go around, and I would ask the drummers that I knew in school if they wanted to come play in the band because I was going to learn how to play guitar. Right. right. <laughs> and they would all laugh. They're like, you mean like – a band like Nirvana? I'm like, yeah, like Nirvana. Yeah. Just like <laughs> no, bro, that's stupid. Like they, they just didn't get it, right. you know. Oh, we're actually going to try and play in a band like that. Like the drummers in your high school. Oh, this was in middle school. They didn't, they weren't down with that idea. Yeah, they didn't quite get it. What? <laughs> you know, well, that you could actually do that I'm assuming they, shit. you put a sheet of paper in front of them and they play that, right? Right. That's probably the deal. Like, that's oh, what yeah, I start yeah. to understand. Like, like, why are you doing it? Like, or even be like, a dream. Yeah. Or even people like that like bands and they don't realize that they can do that they kind of put it in this whole oh that's entertainment yeah, yeah. that's you know sure that's mtv it's like no you can we could do that, like, do that. Yeah. yeah i'll never be in a movie so yeah the so then it thing. became apparent that i was so yeah the boy was my man neil was teaching me the chords on guitar you know and all the notes and uh so i was gonna play guitar and they did my my dad did finally decide to get me an acoustic guitar, and we ordered it, but it was on back order. Uh, it was taking a while to wait. get in. So mm -hmm. within that period, that's when they came out with the junior drum set in oh, the magazine for eighty. And I was like, because it was supposed to be before my birthday. I was like, Dad, can we just cancel that and get the junior? <laughs> and he got it. He, he went Hell for yeah. it. And he got me the junior drum. Now this thing was tiny. <laughs> the bass drum was like sixteen inch, which is kind of like floor time. Yeah. yeah. The, and it had a tom on it that was 10 inch and a snare was 10 inch and it had the symbol that was yeah. connected come to right the off the kick drum yeah. I beat that thing up boy okay, so, so, so <laughs> but, wait not that we have a lot of, we don't have a lot, a lot of listeners yet uh, we're getting there but we need to tell them I don't know how tall you were in middle school high school oh I was I was up there I was way too big for this thing. right okay so Travis, I thrashed that thing out. Travis was probably you were probably 6 feet it was, in oh, middle school. well over 6 feet yeah so you get the junior kids. Definitely, yeah, oh boy. It was hilarious. I wish I had footage of that. Like as a grown there adult. There might be somewhere. As a grown adult now, when I first saw you, you kind of like and you're and you're a little like you're a little guy, but you're a tall guy. Right. You just kind of envelop a drum kit. Just already, like an oh, yeah. adult size kit. So I can only it. imagine <laughs> yeah. the junior kit. For real. Dude. Oh, yeah, people talk about the arms flailing. They're just oh, you just. <laughs> yeah, you, that's kind of what I got to do. I got to swing these look, things to make you it. You own it. You own it, bro. That's like last night we were playing at Mandeville. <laughs> I've never had a sound guy tell me this, but he came up to me after we sound He was like, do you think you could play a little quieter? <laughs> do you think you can turn your mics down? Yeah. And I took him to heart on that. I was like, you know what? 
I'm gonna do my best because you know, yeah. no sense of me blowing out all my energy up there and going crazy. Yeah. I gotta sing. I gotta do all this. So let's let's try. <laughs> <laughs> so it started off trying to no. It didn't no, last. That doesn't, so that doesn't help your performance. I gotta fucking at all. I gotta bring yeah. the power. When you feel it, you feel yeah, it, dude. Especially it's, when Josh is up there losing it, and we're kind of playing mm-hmm. off each other. Yeah, that dude. Which is the most fun in the world. That dude's a moving baseline, bro. Oh man, that's awesome. Yes, all right, indeed. We got a track. So you got your yeah. junior kit. Mm-hmm. And you what kind rolling. of shit were y'all playing? Like what? what oh, it's Green Day and Nirvana. Okay. Yeah. It you know, seems to be a like a constant basis with everybody we talk to. Green Day, Nirvana. Neil was into 311 big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And Rage Gives Machine, we used to play all that yeah. stuff. Kill really? him in the name of. Right on. Um, and, but he, he, we would write originals and stuff. But see, the dilemma was that he played guitar and bass. And he was good at both of them. So anytime we'd bring, he wanted to play bass, so we'd bring a guitar player in. And they weren't as good as him. He'd pick the guitar so up and like rip them down. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I guess they're not going to work. And then yeah. we get a bass player. So he's trying to show them the song. Right. But then he picks up the bass and rips it. It was hard to get anything to stick. But what finally happened was Corey's band, Pre-Score Art Gallery. He had a band, Corey, who is in Justin Bailey. He's from Zachary with me. He was in a band called Pre-Score Art Gallery. That's actually how I met Josh through... Corey and the Pre-Skull Art Gallery first gang. <laughs> so, um, oh, really? yeah, this is Pre-Skullnicks. So, okay. yeah, Corey and them had a band. They actually played at The Gate. You remember The Gate? It's like <laughs> the Unitarian Church on Chime Street where they used to have yes! all the oh, yeah. punk rock shows. Yes. So, yeah, actually, Josh was in a band called Bleeding Power, and he was like big dog. I remember the first time I met him, he was – He'd pick up the guitar, shred the guitar, pick up the bass, shred the bass. And then he went behind the drum set. I was like, who is this guy that just can <laughs> do it, it all? Eating it up, yeah. And then turns out, oh, he's got a band called Bleeding Power. Oh, they play here. Oh, pre-scar guy. Because it all kind of happened real fast once, you know, I started smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it opened me. all the doors. It's, it's funny. Fun. There's that summer, started smoking weed, didn't come back to school. But that's what was funny because <laughs> started smoking pot. Started hanging out with characters, and it didn't take me long to get <laughs> arrested for it. <laughs> Basically, that summer by by Fourth of July, I, we already got busted at the fucking mall. That's what was messed up. Mall wasn't even open. <laughs> my co- my cousin, my, we were supposed to go see the fireworks, <laughs> and we went to go get a bag. Down mm-hmm. at Edgewood, no 22nd. Really enjoy the fireworks. Boy, because you're from Zachary. Where are you finding pot at? <laughs> what? This, is in, this is high school. Uh, it's high school. All right. This is like the year the mall opened. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've been banned from the mall since they opened. I'm still, they said banned for life. but <laughs> so, we was, so my cousin wanted to go look at some shoes before we went downtown to the fireworks. So, okay, <clears throat> we went to the mall, and we get to the mall, and... We should have known there was not a car there, <laughs> and we parked, and then my cousin's like, we're going inside to look at stuff. Oh, no. And I was like, we're just going to stay out here and keep smoking. <laughs> oh, so we're in this empty-ass no. parking lot smoking pot. So then my cousin and them come back. I was like, were they open? <laughs> uh, no, the stores were open, but you can walk around. Okay, cool. Let's go. And as soon as we try to leave, here comes the mall cops. <laughs> beep, 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 the green little caravans <laughs> stopped us. And If we had any sense, we just left. But Damn. They was like, oh, we're going to need you guys to stay here until the bill. Okay. 
police. <laughs> and you could have just left. Could have just left. We had no yeah. authority. Kids, but stuff. yeah, so we got busted. So you got and your then, punk rock rep. But, well, that. I guess they put it in the newspaper. Oh, or you're something. You're tough now, buddy. So then, as soon as I got back to school that year, everybody's like, "Oh, bro, we saw him." Man. <laughs> so then it was like all of a sudden, wow. And then Mason's all of a sudden, like- all my jokes started landing in class, <laughs> and you know, I was like, "Oh, dude, I have arrived." <laughs> dude, that's fantastic. And that's then awesome. all the bands and stuff. We want Mason, bro. He's got street cred. Oh yeah. boy, exactly. Killer. Bad boy. Right on. So you guys are, but you're still on the junior kit. No, I got the oh, okay. I got the real kit, the one that same the three hundred fourteen dollar one. I finally got that all one, right. like a year or so later. But it felt like an eternity between all these things. You know, it was probably yeah. eighth grade to ninth grade, and then ninth grade to tenth grade. Okay. So, so, but uh, but yeah, I got hit with the drumming bug in like seventh grade, like even before Green Day. That's just crazy because be- before that we grew up. Pretty strictly country music household. Really, we listened to WYNK all day, every day. We Wink wa- if you love it. We exactly one hundred one point five. Shout out, <laughs> Kenny Hazelett and Bob Bishop. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we watched the Grand Ole Opry. We watched the Country Hee-haw? Music Awards. We watched Hee Haw wow. and the Statler Brothers. I love all that stuff. It's crazy. All that classic country gold, and then up through the nineties, you know, Garth, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely a big influence. That's why I tell people about it. Kind of inform the way I write songs and stuff. The way sure, I structure man. melodies and verses and choruses and hooks and all that stuff. That's why I was uh, explaining to Josh about how like all that music from Nashville, pretty much from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, is like top studio musicians and top songwriters. Like this is like the best of the best. Is like it's all perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfectly constructed. Polished. But it's all centered around the vocal and furthermore the lyric. Because mm-hmm. all the lyrics right. are telling a story. Songwriting. Very poetically. The melody is uplifting it. The vocal is making it soar. And the musicians are just propelling that. So, it's, But it's all centered around the song. Right. And I feel like a lot of that has been lost in like modern times where... We don't just jam. We don't follow stuff that. and going nuts. And sometimes it's more about the riff than about like the, an yeah. afterthought or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Where did you Where did you find out about like Green Day and Nirvana and stuff like that? That's what's funny. Yeah. So I I remember it is funny. I remember <laughs> in the beginning of eighth grade, they asked the teacher asked, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I wrote down, "Country music singer." <laughs> that was the beginning of eighth grade. Right on. By like the next the Tracy second Lawrence, semester, bitch. Green Day happened. And I'm like getting the dude next to me, like, hey, bro, do you know what a guitar? Can you draw me a guitar? I was trying to draw Green Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this dude drew me a Fender Stratocaster at a Gibson Les Paul. And he wrote, he's like, this is a Fender Stratocaster. And they look pretty damn much like him. <laughs> so I was like, that's the one he plays. And I drew that and drew Billy around it and the whole band. So, but like, where did you go? Where did you go to hear them? Okay. Like, did you MTV it? Did there was you- this girl. Actually, MTV plays a big role in this. There's this girl. It's always a girl. <clears throat> this girl that I was like big time in love with, and she had red hair. Her name was Jenna. Jenna, <laughs> Jenna Nichols. And she loved Green Day. She was crazy about Green Day. But I never heard them. And she would always play them for me over the phone. Mm. You know, we'd be talking on oh. the phone, and she'd play I couldn't really hear it. All I could hear was, ah, man, that sounds like the Beatles. That's <laughs> whatever, man. But she was obsessed with him, 
And then, uh, then I got to go to like one of the first parties I ever got to go to because like my dad was quite strict and he didn't let him do shit. But I got to go to this party in eighth grade. It was like birthday party, and we were all at this girl's house, and they were playing the CD in all its digital crystal clarity <laughs> on the boombox, and we're all going nuts. And I'm like. This is Green Day. They're like, I've been trying to tell you. I was like, oh, my God. This is so awesome. I can't believe it. And we're like losing our minds to Green Day. Right. That's awesome. And then this is where Divine Intervention steps in. Because <laughs> that, that must have been a Friday night. Because the next morning, for whatever reason, my family, I guess, let me sleep in after that party, which is weird. Because we were supposed to get up and cut grass and do exercises and all this different stuff. But for whatever reason, I woke up and found an empty house, and everybody's out cutting grass and doing stuff. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I can put it on MTV because we weren't supposed to be watching MTV. Oh. So everybody's like, maybe, maybe Green Day's on MTV. And I turn on the TV, and not only is Green Day on, it's a live concert. It's oh. jaded in Chicago. Oh, shit. And it's like, oh, they're on. And Press it, that was on the it. VCR. It was solidified. <laughs> I wanted to be all of them. Yeah. I wanted to be, I saw Trey Cool. Trey I'm cool. like, yeah. I want to do that. But yeah. then you see, but, uh, I want to be the. So I was pretty From then and there, myself. it was like, Mike Dirt. Garth Brooks out, Green Day. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a set that was, though. That Jaden Chicago show did that. That was great. Oh, well. it was amazing. Good for you, man. Now, I remember when the that cameraman was, kicked out his fucking cord yeah, during 2,000 light years away. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And then he goes and tries to make it up. He goes and gets the camera from it. And he's filming it. And oh, it's just so good. And you see that, and after that, I was floored, doing everything I could. Dunskis. It's like my learned, first Green Day tape. that Fast Two Four, just yeah. like Trey Cool on your paint cans. Well, I guess you. Had Ooh. No, you had the full kit. No, not yet. This was no. the beginnings of all that. This is like, like I want to be a drummer. Yeah. Right? So then I, the kid that lived across the street, Neil, who yeah. used to beat up when we were in third grade, <laughs> you know, for being a weirdo, Poor like, Neil. rock and roll Poor kid. Poor Neil. And uh, then yeah. I realized, oh, he's cool. Yeah, he had the good albums. That's why I love Neil so much, because I used to pick on him, because, you know, I was picked on, and, you know, so then you bullied, so then you transfer yeah. the bullying to the next one. This guy. So I used to bully that dude and give him hell in third grade and try to fight him and stuff. But then, in eighth grade, once Green Day hit, and I wanted to play drums, I oh, knew that oh, he played. Neil's cool. So I came to Neil. Neil's cool. <laughs> Neil's the coolest. Because <laughs> when I came to him and laid all that shit, he didn't, he wasn't mad. He didn't be like, fuck you, dude. You used to, he was like, yeah, dude, let's play. I've been trying to tell you. And that was the first, <laughs> and I was like, dude. Good for Neil, because I would have been. Neil's like, cool, well, bro. We, we can play together, but I'm going to need to do that with you. Show, he showed me, you know, about forgiveness and letting things go and just being cool because that's that's the kind of guy he is and then we wound up being the best of friends and we played in a band together forever just me and him and then like we said tried out different people we were called yellow seven we had a few names up to that but that was like right when surge came out (laughs) so yellow seven i like it because what yellow five surge it like shrunk your balls (laughs) two more but then we went in with seven (laughs) Lucky number seven. Yeah. And you didn't want to call yourselves Alestra. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we probably would have. We is that the technical name? That's the, the Lays that made you poop your pants, bro. Oh. Oh. Mm. The Lays. That, that, that could be a new side project. That's cool. You remember them oh, chips, yeah. those wild chips? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember Olean. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. 
They took the name. Oh, Lestra. Right. <laughs> anyway. So, so then, <laughs> yeah, Yellow 7, we was doing that for a little minute, trying to figure out what to do. And you two were the core, and you just try to find yeah. somebody to fill whichever way uh, exactly. Neil would do. Okay. But and I started, like, writing lyrics and whatever. But then dun, dun. we went and saw that show at the gate with Pre-Scar Gallery and the Skullnicks. Right. Oh, and wait. Whoa. What? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was the Skullnicks first. It was actually RCP. It was River City Punks. There it is. Yeah. And uh, so who was in that? That At that time was Hodges, Jason Hodges on drums, Brandon on guitar, and Domang. I think that was Domang's first show with them because Brandon was originally the bass player. Jason was originally the guitar player, and they had another drummer named Travis. That was the original RCP. Mm-hmm. Travis Reeves, if you've ever met him. Yeah. T. Reeves was the original drummer. Wow. Treves, as we call him. <laughs> yeah. Treves. But apparently all he could do was like the FYP beat. The tuka, 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 tuka. So, yeah, every song was like. Tuka, 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 tuka. We know it. We and, know it well. Uh, <laughs> and then Jason got him a drum set and uh, started messing around and figured that he could play better than that. So they had to kick old Treves out. So <laughs> Jason moves from gu- guitar to drums. Brandon moves from bass to guitar. And they get the neighbor drum. kid, Domang come play bass and that so they played that one show as rcp before they changed the Skullnicks. name to the Skullnicks. but they played with preschool art gallery that night and preschool art gallery was composed of uh cory and mike eads and then they had a bass player named jenny and a drummer named randy and the dynamic was that cory and mike were all about descendants yeah. and you know no effects and punk rock but Jenny and Randy were all about like corn and <laughs> all that shit, right. like that nineties. That's very yeah, that new metal stuff. So they, so they didn't quite get what Corey and Mike were trying to do. And at that show, they like broke up. Like oh. Jenny and uh, at the gates, yeah, Jenny and Randy quit. So then, when that happened, I was like, Neil, this is our chance to join a band. So, because you want to play bass, dude. you can play bass. Yeah. I'll play giant. It's a punk band, like I've been wanting to do. Because Neil was kind of torn too. Because Neil was all into three eleven and funk junkies, and you know oh, all yeah. this other the stuff, which is cool. Yeah, but I remember when No Effects hit in my life, and I'm like, dude, this is it. Because that's what that new metal shit. Yes. As bad as it is, I'm kind of thankful for it because that's what sent me to punk rock. Right. I'm not like going said, that direction. I found out about rock and roll. I was a little late to the game. Right. Once Green Day hit, I had to start backtracking. I was like, oh, what's cool? Uh, fucking Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, uh, what, Collective Soul? I don't know. Rancid. Yeah, all the shit. So, but all the stuff that's on the radio, and then it started turning bad. Then it started going downhill. First, you get like Hanson. Ho- Hootie showed up. Okay. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And Hootie and fucking. Cumbersome. Biscuit. It just starts Literally. getting worse. And Backstreet Boys, oh my God. But it was right around that time where No Effects came in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. Fat That's records. right when I started hanging out with Mike and Corey. Bam. Because the first time they came over, see, Corey knew I was big into Green Day. And he was like, dude, I want to play that song in the end with you. Because that's the fast one on Duke. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dude, I can play that. So that was like first order of business. When they came over, they like, wanted to see your chops. Test let's, chops. let's play fucking yeah. in the end. Yeah, right. And boom, 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 boom. You got it, you got it, got it. Yeah. Got it. But then they was like, all right, we want to play this song called Linoleum by No Effects. Linoleum. I'm like, yeah, okay. Dude. 
and they started playing it. I couldn't fathom this rhythm that they were telling me. No, it's way faster than that. And I started playing it like Green Day. Mm -hmm. They was like, no, it's way faster than I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, check it out. I was like, hold on. Do y'all want to go get the CD? Let's. <laughs> this is what you had to do, baby. You couldn't Let's. just get on the computer. Right you had now. to get in the car, Tangible. drive from Zachary to Cortana Mall <laughs> to Music Land to get Punk and Drublick. And I doubled down and got White Trash Tubes of B. Because nice. uh, Corey's like, that one's nice. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they was like, dude. But Randy would never do that. I was like, well, I'm not fucking Randy. Let's go. <laughs> Drove him down there, solidified the fucking cool dude. And uh, I remember getting those records and putting it on. I was like, oh. That's how fast they want it. The roll the foot. But we were fucking. The roll the foot. Exactly, because I could roll the foot, but they're the ones that connected it to the pop punk thing. Because ah. I used to do it like, I could do the little roll, but as soon as they put me on the punk beat, it was like, oh, it's like, dude, you got the rad foot. I was like, I do. And I was off to the races, bro. But I'll never forget that ride home from the mall, listening to White Trash Tubes and a Bean. We're driving down uh, Highway 19 on the way back to Zachary. Dude, I'm doing 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Just this music had me so pumped. Yeah. Something about sold out that just makes you feel I, I look down, I'm like, dude, I'm going home. This shit's awesome. <laughs> so, Chris, they, so you went and bought a CD, right? You bought two CDs. That yeah. Day. Punk and Drubble. Here's the, here's the offshoot. How'd you open it? How'd I open it? Yeah, dude. Everybody had their way of opening a CD, okay. right? Sure. See, I was kind of silly because uh, I knew he's gonna have an answer for me. I used to when you would go before you like you could listen to CDs at Musicland sure. and Sam Goody. I watched the way they would take them apart. Yes, you know, to, so that they could put them back together. Right. I always open my shit like okay, that. Okay, and this way. Yeah, open it, flap yeah, it, open dude. it, and then pull that whole. Because I hated seeing CDs that still had some of that yeah. adhesive on the top. I was like, do you not care about your shit? Do you see how important that was? That's like you we see people with these it, bundles Sorry, of money. I get it. Look, dude, like, I'm old care? enough to remember like when CDs, they came in like this big-ass box. It wasn't just the little Oh, the, the plastic anti-theft. Oh. Well, yeah, you remember the anti-theft well, where they like had a the thing. Box I'm talking about it was thing. a whole fucking box. To make it. cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it would sit in the display. Yeah, yeah. And you exactly. shuffle through them like you would records. Yeah, exactly. dude. Crazy, right? Exactly. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So, you're amped up. You're driving 100 miles oh an hour. Oh, my God. And then no effects happened. And then I remember even going back to Neil and my other friends, like, almost like uh, Back to Future. This is the sound we've been yeah. looking yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, the new metal wasn't getting it. Well, listen <laughs> to this. Exactly. Because I, I liked Green Day. I liked Offspring, you know, and that type of stuff. But you had to dive deeper in. For sure. Because I remember when I first heard Green Day, you know, first thing I did was go to Music Land and saw, oh, they have two other CDs, yeah, what's too? Kerplunk mean? Kerplunk? And then I grabbed those, and then you're floored after that. But they have the... The inserts, the Lookout Record insert. So you're seeing yeah. all these different bands and Op Ivy, Kills, Screech yep. Weasel. Yep. Wow. Yep. But it, you know, could never get my hands on any of that stuff because my parents weren't giving me mine to do any of the dumb shit. <laughs> well, it, and sorry, but it's, it's you're in Baton Rouge. Oh, my goodness. My dad almost made it impossible. 
But I will give him credit. He got the drums. He did. He got them, and he threatened me with them any chance he could. <laughs> I'm going to take, take a sledgehammer to those fucking drums <laughs> if you don't do your exercise. <laughs> See, my dad was breeding us to be uh, athletes, champions. Right, right, right. <laughs> All-stars. You were a sports uh, guy. Yeah. No shit. My brother was like the champion all-star. I was his... <laughs> Fat, dumpy, younger <laughs> brother that got bigger than him. Stickball? Like baseball? Baseball, basketball, football. That oh, dude damn, had his arm wrestling at one point. Holy shit. Oh, boy. I see you as baseball and basketball. I can't see you as football. Yeah, football. Uh, there's a few different things about each sport. Football, you have to be tough and aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. I, I can get there, but you know it's not necessarily but in that's my not, nature. That's to not destroy. how I know you. Yeah, that's not how I know you. Yeah, I see you as baseball. Football's football's fun, and I enjoy playing it. But sure. you really got to be gritty to For get sure. in there. See, I played on the line both sides. Oh no shit! Plays nose guard and center. You were on Damn. the line? Yeah, I was always big. I was, and I was a, I was a heavy kid. And I was I was always bigger than everybody, so I was on the line. Yeah, people see my stats now, and they're like, oh, bro, you'd be a good tight end. I was like, I was a big kid. <laughs> I, I see you as first base. 6'7", 230, boy. It's like that dude's stretching all the way to second base. Like he's Oh, got boy. It. Oh, I was on first base. Yeah. But my dad was grooming us to be pitchers. He was, uh, like, he was grooming us to be point guards, pitchers, and quarterbacks. Mm. So my brother was all that. The okay. one right above me, he's like 6'5". He's a beast. God. So, like, I'm – Sitting in the batter's box, this dude throwing 100 miles an hour at me. <laughs> I used to have to catch his passes from, like, 50 mm, yards mm, and damn. try to guard this dude. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But I did all the same drills he did. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You had a pretty eclectic childhood, man. <laughs> a lot of That's times sure. I'd be clamoring on to my brother's success. That, that discipline, I'm, I'm, though. I'm just as smart as that dude. <laughs> I could have went good. to college and did all that shit, bro. That discipline probably helped you with the drum set, though. You Absolutely. Know I'm, I'm thankful for all that yeah. discipline and that excellence that my dad instilled in us to always take try away to be the your best. drums. Yeah, because you're a beast. I mean, we, I remember being at Bailey shows back in the day, and everybody, the spot on side of the stage at Spanish Man was all, you know, the stairs. Yeah. It was like, that was always taken. It's like, are you oh, talking about my VIP? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're. We're really I used to love that. I look over and see people just watching me. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, you like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah. Were you like that? Because yeah. like seriously, dude, I'm, that's what pumps you up, bro. I'm underrating you because I don't <laughs> like I I hate when somebody tells me that I'm good at something. I hate that. Yeah. So, but Travis, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Ross, it. Ross is correct in the fact that it was almost a fight to get to watch you play drums. That's kind of like it was a it was literally like a thing of me like I'm big. Yeah. So I'd pull somebody small like Remy out the way. I mean, to, to be watch fair, you play. To be fair, the the Justin Bailey crowd was large to begin with. So you any and if you're in the front of the stage, hard. you're getting smashed, right? You're getting smashed in the so, head. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people. That, like I said, that stair, the staircase, but as stage at Spanish Moon was like a, a hot spot for Justin Bailey. Yeah, for sure. And as an up and coming bass player, like I wanted to see how they clicked together, how Brian Domain and Travis Mason clicked together. So I was like, I have to watch Travis. Yeah. I've got to watch this. Oh, I used to, that was my little spot to watch Aaron Polk. Yes. And Kim Wars yeah. kill it. That dude. Yeah. He emerged as one of the greats. I'm sure he'll love to hear that. God, here we go. <laughs> this is so crazy. So going back, like, so whenever the Skolniks were that, and obviously you ended up in the Skolniks. So let's go to. Oh yeah. They picked me up. Cause uh, so then me and Neil joined Prescore Art Gallery, and that's what was cool. It was like finally our chance to be in a real band, man, and uh, and we did that, and it was cool. Did you guys play a Food Not Bombs 
Yes. Back in the day? Okay. Oh. Yes. With the Kenmores. Right. And no, no big, big deal. deal. And Skolniks, right? And Skolniks, exactly. They were our homeboys. Because right. Corey was like, dude, there's this band in Baton Rouge that plays shows. And we actually, the first time we hung out, like our our band went and practiced with them at their practice space. Right. Where, at Brandon's house. That was and, the first uh, time I got to step into Library Joe's instead of being on the wall. Yeah. Oh, that was a, exactly. <laughs> first that was class. A, bring a can of corn. I first like, class. I can fucking that do that. Of it all. That was June. Mom, you got some corn? All right, cool. <laughs> Food not bomb, straight up. Anti-racist action, all that yeah. was part of that show. Yeah, that was a great show. Bickley was supposed to play, and they were on Fearless, but they, uh, I think the van broke down. Right. And it was, uh, there was a band called Gidget, which became maybe Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Pre-Scar Gallery, Skullnicks. Oh, that was a seminal show. I was talking about that last night because the dude said how loud we was. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I like being loud like that. I remember the first time I saw the Kenmores, dude. Loud. <laughs> at that show, they were so loud. It just blew my hair back. I'm like, oh, my right. God, these dudes are loud. Yeah. Because I was like, this is my first show. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out, you know. Yeah, they were on a different a different plane to me. Kenmore's a no big deal back then. I was like, holy shit. Actually, another thing about that show that's pretty awesome was uh, two of the bands that played were from New Orleans, and one of them was called Wrong Aid, and one of them was called Santa Smokes. There you go, Santa Smokes. Go ahead. And now the singer for Wrong Aid and the the guitar player singer for Wrong Aid and the bass player for Santa Smokes play in a band called High. I don't know if you ever heard of mm. them. They're fantastic. They're from New Orleans. They're probably one of my favorite bands. No shit. They actually have the drummer from the Melters now. Oh, okay. And they're kind of a powerhouse. Love those dudes. Gotta check that out. But uh, yeah, then uh, Prescar Gallery was doing our thing, playing alongside with the Skullnicks. And we became, I became fast friends with Jason, their drummer. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, he didn't skateboard, they're all skating after we played. <laughs> and he didn't skateboard anymore because he already broke his wrist. And uh, I didn't skate because I'm a big, goofy, uncoordinated <laughs> dude <laughs> right. that doesn't want to break his wrist because I'm a drummer. Yeah. And just getting to talk, and we became friends. And he's like, you know, I'm actually – because I remember one time I was at his house, and he's playing all the Skolnick songs. I'm like, dude, how do you know all the songs? Oh, I wrote all the songs. I was actually the guitar player. I'm just playing. Oh. So then we started cooking up this plan because mm-hmm. like, we became such good friends, and kind of pre-score gallery was kind of – you know, things are crazy when you're a kid. I remember uh, Corey. Remember he had his girlfriend. He never wanted to come to practice. <laughs> and then Mike started getting all tripped out. <laughs> wanted to do, like, classical music. I was like, oh, but we got to do this punk rock thing. Yeah, yeah. And Skolnicks were doing, like, the punk rock thing. Yeah, they're, they're living. And they're me and uh, Jason became friends. He's like, dude, if you come play with us, I'll get back on guitar. Brandon will be second guitar, and we'll be unstoppable. And it happened. And at the time, it was just Brandon on guitar and, and your boys playing drums. Yeah. Okay. Hodge is playing drums and Doming on the bass. They tried out a bunch of different uh, second guitar players. I remember Actually, watching them on the wall. I always thought they were younger than me, and I was on the wall, and they were playing at fucking... Same age. Yeah. Like, what the shit? Right. <laughs> yeah, they're a few years behind, or a couple years behind me. I graduated in 99, them in 01. Yeah. But when you're like 17 versus 15, it's like miles away. Yeah. So like, you know, me and Hodges was a couple years older, so we got to we turned 8, we got to go see Bad Religion at wherever it was, <laughs> 18 and over and they couldn't go. I remember one time we played a show at the Shelter downtown and like Brandon almost couldn't get in. <laughs> we had to convince them. 
I think we played with uh, Do you remember the shelter? It was mm-hmm. Ass Cities Burn Or whatever right. band they were Alliance 103 whatever they Before were they down. were Ass yeah. Cities Burn It was like this Christian Sky band Yeah, yeah. And this shit was tight <laughs> That was back in the day So then yes yeah, Skolnix became a thing And then You know That's what was crazy about it Because Corey was in Preschool Art Gallery first but then we kicked him out because he was never coming to practice. And then he joined the Skullnicks. <laughs> yeah. Because I was supposed to join the Skullnicks, but we never really did it because I didn't want to quit that band. But then they just went ahead and got Corey. And I was like, oh, now they're not going to need me because they got, <laughs> they got two a, guitar oh, players. Yeah. Yeah. But then finally I came down. And I was like, all right, Jason, let's do it, bro. <laughs> so then they kicked Corey out, got you know the configuration, and we did the dang Skullnicks thing. The dang. Yeah. But then Jason, of all people, is the one who quit that band. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. I remember he he cited Outplay as his reasoning. This always sticks out of my oh, mind. Oh, boy. Outplay, uh, New story. Orleans legends of the punk rock yes, scene. Sir. They are so good. Oh, boy, so legendary. And that's what he said. Look at Outplay, bro. They're so good, and they're never going to make it. We're, we, oh. we ain't. I mean, oh, it the, wasn't wrong. Right. The, the make it thing, though. Yeah, it was all about yeah, making but is it that... for that dude. He didn't want to sleep on couches. He lived in a little mansion and stuff. He didn't want to sleep on couches and rough it and do all you. that stuff. Yeah. Didn't, all, didn't have fun. When you I ought to see his mansion now, boy. <laughs> it's big. Now I'm thinking, why did I waste my life fucking <laughs> pop punk shit? There you go, Jason. Yeah, he got it. Cool. But, so we got there. So now you're in Skullnicks. And... So what, what, what year are we in? Yeah, Skolnix turned into Justin Bailey like when early dang... 2000s. Uh, early 2000s. Like I guess I graduated in 99, and that's around the time that Preschool Art Gallery happened my senior year. So then by that next year, I was in the Skolnix in 00. And then by that next year, Jason had quit, and then we got Corey back. Right. And that's what was crazy, because we had three guitar players at that time. So we could have had Corey <laughs> off top. It just had to work out that way. So we're, yeah. we're I had to kick him out of two bands. <laughs> 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 out of P-Sag, and then he gets in like, a... Corey's like, going to listen to this. Kick He's, him out of that. Like, later I have to tell him, like, dude, you should listen to that podcast. And and we, <laughs> I, he knows about it. We've been over all this. We spent a lot of time in bands yeah, So yeah. Uh, <laughs> figure all this out. <laughs> where, were, where were you? Are you in Baton Rouge at this point? Are you still in Zachary, commuting? Yeah, I lived in Zachary till I was about like 22. Man, I had my car insurance was outrageous and shit. Yeah, my car insurance was like 300 dollars a month. I kept getting in wrecks. Yeah, and then yeah. I had to buy a car because my mom's like, I'm not buying you another car. <laughs> so I had a 300 dollar car note, a 350 dollar insurance. God, I had 600 dollars bills at like 18, 19, bro. It's, she was. And out so of where were you working? You I had to working, working. I was working at a woman's hospital. Oh yeah, making eight oh nine an hour. What? Yeah, I was uh, uh I worked in materials management, which okay. is a fancy way of saying warehouse. All right. So we would manage the materials, but you were doing that and then playing music. Oh yeah, I've always been doing this thing. So where was the place y'all played? Like where y'all rehearsed or where you practiced? And my drum set has always lived with me, so the band room has always been in my house. No. Yeah, I've kind of engineered my life that way. So they would drive out to Zachary. They would drive out to Z Town, kind of like this room that y'all have in here. <laughs> That's the first wig out when I came here. I was like, "This is like the fucking room," because uh, my parents. The only reason I was able to do this is because my parents got divorced. Mm. You know, I've, I'm the youngest. Yeah. So they got divorced when I was you were 15. Still in the house, yeah. So all my other siblings, so I got to be the one that could smoke the pot and do mm. all of it. My dad wasn't having that stuff. Right. No. 
So it was kind of a thing. So I got to be the one to go nuts and be in bands, and which I appreciate. Get creative, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this setup, basically. Yeah, because my mom married my stepdad, and we uh, inherited his family. So we had a four-bedroom house. So they, we had the storage room outside, so we converted it into a bedroom for me. And I had my drums out there. Damn. And the whole band, it was like 16 by 16 rooms. So it was pretty big. Yeah. And uh, we used to do it out there in Zachary. Nice, dude. Damn. And then I moved in with Brandon on Violet, Violet Street. Yeah. yeah, that was probably when I was like 22. I remember the day he came and got me. That shit was hilarious, bro, because I didn't <laughs> tell my mom. It just kind of just happened. <laughs> I think it was like right when, way, I turned, moving out. right when I turned 22, that's when your car insurance drops, huh? <laughs> yeah, boy, it dropped like two hundred bucks. It's like I'm gone. Okay, I got enough money. To get I showed up. Uh, Brandon showed up with the trailer, the wow. band trailer. <laughs> Just one day, I'm like, all right, mom, I'm moving out. She's like, huh? what? Huh? <laughs> like, I'm going. We loaded everything in the trailer. I'll never forget the last thing she said. She's like. You be good for Brandon. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, he's like she didn't know. And, and Brandon's like, "That's right, bitch. <laughs> You're mine. I'm you your better not now. touch that thermostat." <laughs> oh my god, me and that dude in that damn thermostat. <laughs> so this is the house that you all built the skateboard, the half pipe. Yeah, Shane bro built that because he lived there before. Right. Dude, yeah, I, you know who lived there before? Uh, Mark Skidmore. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Skip. No I took kidding. his room. <laughs> wow. He moved out because he crazy. You know, he moved in with a girl. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave it there. Yeah. So, but I remember yeah, it wasn't so, too long. He's back on our couch. I'm like, oh, dog, sorry. I got your room. Though. What's up, bro? <laughs> so I think 04, about 04, 05 is when I first saw Bailey. I'd say 04, actually. That makes sense. And we went to a. Uh, Say versus Spell, Justin Bailey house show at the Violet Street. Oh house. shit, yeah, oh yeah. And that was the first time I I walked. Now I, this is my first. I came back there going like, these mf these motherfuckers got a half pipe in the backyard. Like yeah. they're skateboarding. Oh yeah, we used to jump off. Everybody's the roof. wasted. Yeah, jumping off the roof. Yeah, trampoline back there too. They mm-hmm. they had like a crow's nest built onto the roof. It was crazy, man. Like it was nuts. We was all about uh, getting on the roof and drinking forties and smoking blunts. That was right. the thing. Forties yeah. and blunts on the roof. Yeah, dude. Like Ty Moore was. Skidmore would bring the dang uh, boombox up there. He's like playing. This band's called Texas is the reason. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Dude, Ty Moore was just like, yeah, this is how they do it. And I'm like, this is that's insane, where I met. Man. I mean, not not where I met Ty Moore, but that's where I start to really hang out with him because they practiced over there more than after this. Yeah, with Ty and Patrick, Patrick. Yeah, and actually Brandon played bass. Yes. and Skidmore. Yeah. So I would go over there and hang out with them after I get off work at Woman's Hospital. I'd go kick it at that house. I was over there every day smoking pot. <laughs> and that's what was fun because every now and again, they would go outside and Mark would be in there and I'd get on the drums. And he'd be like, what do you know? I was like, I don't know. What do you got? He's like, you know any Descendants? Oh, yeah, I know some. You want to play Clean Sheets? <laughs> and that dude, Sheets he plays dirty. it perfectly, nice. dude. I love playing with Skidmore. He's the best. He's the best. We used to play. And then once I got really into their stuff, I could play No Big Deal songs. So every now and then, you know, he gave me some tapes and stuff, and I got really into a lot of their stuff. And then, like, I, any chance I could, I'd go over there and play a few of those songs with him. You know, old Chad's the best. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. It, that's I always talk about it. Like growing up in Baton Rouge, listening to other local musicians that we had at the time playing Chime Street and all that, like Mark and Chad and mm-hmm. Aaron and Josh and all that. No it was deal. such a great learning, you know. Like even when I wasn't really playing, I mean, it's playing music with Sean, like at the shed and stuff like that, but not playing live, but just 
getting that by osmosis, the way that everybody yeah. plays is so great. It was the greatest music scene in the planet, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. That was late, a time. Late, late 90s, early 2000s though, like, was yes, fucking fantastic. That's exactly it. And I can't tell if it's because of what was going on or because we were that age. Right. You know? Like, are, are young people? A little bit of both. That's what I used to tell people because a lot of people said, oh, Baton Rouge sucks. There ain't nothing going on. It's like, y'all y'all just not hanging with us. Dude, yeah. It's like, go to the right place, I guarantee you. We got the crew. We're doing all the cool shit. Well, it's weird. So a lot of people would come in and hang with us and be like, yeah, you found the right spot. Yeah. So Travis remembers they used to be the Spanish Moon. But they used to have like a Monday night thing was like a musician's hangout kind of thing. Do you remember this at all? At the moon? Yeah. Like we used I to hang know. out and chit chat and talk and whatever and like there other than shows at the mm-hmm. moon, there was a there was a time where we could all go there and like just chit chat and talk. Yeah. And Nobody invited me to okay, that. Okay, I guess Monday nights were, <laughs> Monday nights were a thing at the moon. That's what I'm saying. I remember back in the day I wasn't going out so much. I got to go to school in the morning, man. Exactly all <laughs> that stuff. So like when Corey and Brandon them was like during, I guess, uh, most of our heyday doing the whole Spanish moon scene. You know, mm-hmm. me and Brian weren't out there. Brian right. <laughs> was going home and stuff, and I had a girlfriend and stuff, so I wasn't really out there too much. Yeah. Yep, that's why I don't have girlfriends now. <laughs> <laughs> got too much shit going on. You be missing on. out on stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, stay sure. home and eat dinner. Kill you it. know. All right, so Violet Street. Violet Street. Yeah, Which, was... by the way, had some awesome video games if you just wanted to just chill out and play. Oh, dude. They I had used... all these retro stations anyway. See, yeah, because I'm a video game watcher. I'm not a good player. Because my brother <laughs> never let me play, ever. Because <laughs> in his mind, those were his machines. Yeah. He got the Nintendo for Christmas. Like, Mama you know got they that. got it for both of us. And then the Super Nintendo he bought with his allowance money. <laughs> that dude, I was talking about that the <laughs> other day. He <laughs> wanted people that always wants money for everything for his birthday. Oh, just give me money. Oh, at least, money at least you've moved on from it. <laughs> I was always, I was always trying to have stuff. I always want stuff, bro. But he wants that cash. That's why he's all about his money, boy. And he's got it. <laughs> he bought a uh, Britney Spears sister house <laughs> in Kenwood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. It's giant, huh? Yeah, it's big. It's nice. Let's go practice. Let's have a show there. <laughs> yes, so I could, indeed. So I could say oh, that'd we, be we've all played in the in the Spears house. Exactly. We should do it. Cool. Camp out. Anyway, I'm sure yeah. Let's let's it. get to JB and, uh, and the big stuff JB. and everything. But let's let's take a little break real quick for the cause, and we'll come right back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. take a break. Yeah, we're gonna take a a short one. A we'll short be right break. back. <laughs> Says. 